The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. Today is March 28th. It's a wonderful Saturday morning, and I, I don't think it could be any more wonderful because I'm joined by my good buddy, Andrew Hansen. Andrew, how are you doing on this Saturday morning? Do you have coffee in your cup, more importantly? And how's life, man, during this traumatic and uh, pandemic time right now where everybody's <laughs> got a lot going on? So a lot of questions thrown at you, but how are you doing, buddy? Seriously. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Nice that uh, it, it is Saturday here. We've got we we've already finished our coffee, so we've got our energy and and it actually is you know during this time it does feel like every day sort of blends together and you don't know which day it is. But in our house, you know, we've got to do this homeschooling thing. So Monday through Friday is a little bit different than the weekend. So this is our first day in a while where we're back to a a fun day of just family relaxation and um, decent weather here in the Northeast, like 50 and cloudy. So. You know, it's a tough situation that we're all in, but I can't complain right now with uh, with a Saturday here ahead of us. Okay, so I, we know how Andrew, the NBA analyst, is, but how's how's Andrew, the teacher? How's well, uh, how's that? He's going? all right. Yeah, he's all right. Um, he enjoys it. It is fun to um, you know connect with your kids in a different way. And what we've tried to do is bring in some experts. So we've had grandmothers and others do guest appearances for short lessons which is kind of nice. It breaks up the routine and the kids get to, you know, connect with their family on, on FaceTime and um, take advantage of their teaching expertise. Yeah. So I, I can, uh, I can imagine. So what day are we on right now of you teaching? Is this like day, like five, four, and you know, Saturday. Well, so I hope yeah, you're so day off today. <laughs> yeah. Day off today. This was an official week of class, but last week we actually did it while everybody in New Hampshire, the teachers were getting ready for this remote learning, we actually just went ahead and did homeschooling. So we've done 10 days of it now. And but my wife has done several days. So, you know, me personally, I've been the head teacher for probably about half of those. OK. Do you give homework? Are you a tough grader? How does that work? <laughs> very, very hard grader. We just we, we <laughs> do the assignments together and we just, you know, if we make some mistakes along the way, we just correct them as we go to make sure that when we hand it in, it's a perfect, perfect result. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, same same kind of work. I like it. You're taking the analyst over there. So, yep. all right. Well, we got a fun show for you guys planned today. Um, you know, normally me and Andrew, we both consider ourselves the expert, but I'm going to take a back seat on this one. I'm going to put the, the the limelight on my buddy Andrew over here because he has been the DFS NBA simulating expert uh, since it started. This guy's been out here doing the research. He's been crushing it. He's been writing articles. He's been over there on uh, on DFS Coach Talk giving lineups. He's it's it's been a it's been a a, a blessing um, for all of for all those who get to kind of get that knowledge from you, Andrew. So I want you I want to spend a lot of this show kind of going into the strategy behind the simulation, what you look at, the things that you take into account when you're building your lineups, because I think it's I think it's going to be a treat for anybody out there who's just looking to get some NBA action right now. I know these contests are all free. 
Uh, you can still win a little bit of money in them, but it's more or less just about the fun, I think, of it right now. And and you've been having a great time doing it. So uh, before we jump into the strategy, though, just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsors, MyBookie.ag. Um, you know, not a lot to bet on right now, but guys, there's still there's still card games. There's still a lot of other things that you could do over there. They're probably tapping into some of the action across the world. I know that, um, you know, Australia is still getting a little bit of a little bit of gaming going on over there with their uh, Australian Football League. So uh, check them out. And obviously, you know, it's already in my cup. I know Andrew said he finished. We finished our coffee, but that's not true. Um, that's that's basically speaking for yourself. Andrew. I have coffee <laughs> in this thing at all hours of the day. And it's a fortunate and unfortunate thing. I'm very hyper guy mixed with ADHD. So this is just takes it to the next level. So please check out Hawaiian Isles if you guys haven't already. Uh, they are, uh, you know, the tried and true sponsor of our show. I will stand by these guys till uh, the end of time right now. So um, let's jump right into it, buddy. We have NBA strategy for the simulation games. A lot to go into, but let's start off. Let's keep it. Let's keep it simple right now, right off the rip. And what is like the the first things that you take into account when you're looking at this? Why don't you describe and tell people how these things even work? Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that. So let's start with three rules that really dictate strategy, and then we'll get actually get into actually building a team. So the first three rules on DraftKings, and we're going to look at that one because we're going to break down the single game slate on DraftKings this afternoon between Boston and Brooklyn. But the the rules for basketball are pretty similar between DraftKings and FanDuel. And if you dig deep enough, you can find those rules written. But I'm going to summarize them here for you and actually quote a couple of them just to make it easier for you. But the, the, the number one rule uh, and description of the slate to begin with is how are you actually getting these points? This is not a simulation where you, where you normally think of a simulation of oh this computer is going to run this game a million times and you know what you know what what's going to happen what you're doing is you're taking real fantasy performances from these players earlier in the season and you're getting assigned one of those games so here's the rule that actually uh, describes that on DraftKings your lineups will receive fantasy points quote for a player's performance within a randomly assigned game earlier this season. So, for example, if you select James Harden on a given slate, what you're going to get is his performance from, say, December 1st. If he scored 80 fantasy points that day, that's what you get in this simulated contest. If you get his game from December 15th and he had 60 fantasy points, then that's what you get. So you're getting one of his actual performances from earlier this season assigned to you in this contest okay so let me let me just um jump in real quick so we can get a little clarification so what you're saying is it's every single player from each team so if we're looking at the rockets we're not going to get the same same game performance for all those players it's going to jumbleize and randomize um you know harden's 80 point game and then so you might get harden's december 30th game but you might get pj tucker's december 14th game exactly okay and that was sure that was one of the other basic rules that I was going to describe. So I'll go to that one next. If you uh, look a little bit further down in the a little farther down in the rules, you'll see the description that is relevant to what you were just talking about, Mike. And here it is. Quote, each individual player will be randomly assigned stats from a single game in the 2019-20 season. So just like you're saying there, the odds are you're going to get performances from different games you're going to get james harden on december 1st you're going to get pj tucker on december 15th 
and on and on and on. Now, the strategy implication there is very big because normally we look to correlate guys on the same team. And we, you know, one of the things we always do, no matter which which uh, site we're playing on, is we look to, for example, stack a point guard with a center because the point guard's assist will often go to that center. Uh, but it doesn't make sense here because you're not getting guys from the same game. So you don't really want to think as much about correlation or stacking. Um, you want to break each player down individually and look at his game logs. Um, and it's it's also a little bit counterintuitive because normally if you're looking at, well, who do I play on the Rockets, for example? Do I want to play Harden and Westbrook together? You know, maybe not. But here, you don't have to think about that because you might get a, a game assigned to Harden when he got 80 fantasy points, and you might get one assigned to Harden when, or, sorry, to Westbrook when he got 65, and you might get Capella uh, 65 if he was still on the slate. So you you don't really want a game stack um, like you normally would and hope for you know a double overtime game where everybody on the team is having a huge game, but it is possible that guys get assigned huge games. Uh, whereas, you know, you, you wouldn't think it would be possible that, you know, all of your guys could get 60 fantasy points, but if they had a game during the season, when they got 60 fantasy points, you have a chance of getting it. So that's, that's rule number two. And then rule number three is when you're thinking about these lower priced players, um, you have to wonder, well, what, what's involved in, what I might get for a lower priced player. You know, if I, if I get one of these guys, that's say three or 4,000, is there a chance he's going to get a zero? But thankfully you don't have to get that. So here's the rule that's applicable there. Players will only be randomly assigned games in which they played and scored more than zero fantasy points. So you can be comfortable, even more comfortable than usual taking one of these lower place, lower priced players with a lot of volatility and know that you're not going to get a zero. And then the guy I, I always mention here in this context is Boban. And I know Mike, you're a huge fan of him as am I, but he's a guy that has had a game over 50 fantasy points this season. He's also a guy who's had a number of DNP coaches decisions. So you might be a little bit worried about playing him, but now you know you're not going to get a zero out of him. You know that you're at least going to get him on the floor. And we know that if Boban's on the floor, the guy is a point-per-minute monster. Absolutely. He's one of our favorite guys to target. I mean, he was, you know, even if he's getting 15 minutes, we can expect a decent game from him. Um, so that was actually going to be my next question. So I'm glad you answered that for everybody, because everybody's probably wondering, you know, what about injuries? You know, we're looking at this afternoon site with Kyrie Irving on there. We're going to have to worry about taking a zero for some of those injuries. But you answered that question for us. So we're just looking at the, the games where they scored points. So there's actually an edge involved in this, Andrew, and I think you're kind of unveiling it. So um, that's going to bring us into the next part. And I guess it's, you know, what are the edges that we could look at? What are some of the the key stats? I know you talked about looking at, I, I've seen you list, um, you know, the highest uh, points possible for a guy on a slate and things like that nature. Do you also look at the lowest points possible? And how do you take both of those into account when you're looking and selecting these players? And especially when it comes to these showdown slates, I mean, we have to pick a captain. Yeah, great question, Mike. So, so let me address those points. Um, 
the first thing in general is that you want to look at the game logs for each of these players when you're playing these simulation contests. Again, whether that be on DraftKings or FanDuel, uh, and it applies to the other sports as well, but obviously we're focusing on the NBA here. So um, think of it like this. Think of it like you're playing poker or any sort of card game. All right, you've got a 52-card deck, and you know every card in the deck, right? And that's what this is, actually. The difference is you're not playing with cards in a deck. You're playing with game performances out of the game log. So if you look at each player's game log, think of it like a deck of cards. DraftKings is going to select one of the cards out of that deck, and that's what you're going to get this night. And so when you're, you know, if you've played... um, no limit hold them you know that if you're waiting for the river what you want to do is you want to analyze okay i know what cards i have i know what cards are on the table and i can calculate what are my odds of getting a straight on the river what are my odds of getting a flush um and so that's what you want to do with this you want to look at the guy's game log and calculate what are my chances of getting one of his best games so the guy that i prepared for the most for this show is Karis LeVert because he's the guy that jumps out at me as a great option for for being a captain and so I I went through his game log and here's what I found he has played 39 games where he has scored fantasy points and he has three games over 60 fantasy points on DraftKings And he costs 6,400 on DraftKings today. So you have, out of those 39 games he's played, there are three where you're going to get over 60 fantasy points. So if you do the math, it's three out of 39, which is one out of 13. So you have a 7.7% chance of getting one of those games. Now, we all know that if we get a NBA player on DraftKings and he gets a, us a gives us a 10x return, That's the type of guy that can help you win a tournament. And if he's in your captain spot, well, now you're getting 1.5x. So you're basically getting a 15x return. So it's really, you know, simple math. And so if you look at his game log, you'll see that he he got 66.5 fantasy points against Boston, uh, 62 fantasy points another game, 60.75 another game. He also had one game over 50, and then he had six more over 40 fantasy points. So, again, if you do the math, there are 10 games out of 39 when he scored at least 40 fantasy points. So you've got a better than 25 percent chance of getting one of those games with him as your captain. And if you get one of those games, I think you are very likely to cash and you, you may have a chance to actually win the tournament. And, you know, again, these are contests where it doesn't really do you much good to just min cash. I mean, we're talking about a nickel or a dime. You know, I think the fun of in playing these contests is to try to go for the title. Um, and so that's why Levert on this particular slate is a guy that I would select as the captain. Yeah, and I think that brings us to another great point. And it's something I asked you about off air uh, once uh, once or twice when you're kind of looking at these contests. And you're pretty much viewing these from a single angle. They're all GPPs. There's no real cash games. I mean, there's, you're you're trying to finish at the top. I mean, first place, first place is $100 in this DK contest this afternoon. Uh, and mid-cashing is 
yeah, it might be fun, but uh, yeah, it's not really worth your time. So I think taking the element and the approach of treating all these just like you're trying to play a GPP and finishing that top 1% is the way to do it. So um, that's a great point you made there, Andrew. And I, and I was looking at this slate, and the first thing that kind of stood out to me was Karis LeVert, too. So it, it's a good thing to know that I'm on the right uh, on the right uh, path right now when I'm kind of building this lineup and I'm looking at this. So, you know, I guess if we're going to start just jumping into this and constructing it, uh, Karis LeVert seems like an excellent choice to be our captain, right? Yeah, he's my captain uh, for sure. And, you know, there's other guys in here that um, – you could look at as captain and, and, you know, this is a, this is a good opportunity for you and I to talk about the single game strategy in general. And for me, I, when you're looking at the captain, that's obviously the first choice you have to make because you get that 1.5 X return. And I like to go, I mean, you can certainly go with the stud up there, you know, go with your Kyrie Irving. He had lots of games earlier in the season where he had, you know, over 50 fantasy points. Um, but in general, I, I like to look down in the sort of mid-tier or lower tier for a guy who can have a, a monster game as your captain. Because if you have a guy that's, you know, 7 or 8K as your captain, and so then he costs, you know, 10 or 11K, then you, you have a chance to get one more stud in the lineup as a utility player. So, for example, if Karis LeVert is your captain here tonight on this slate, then you can get Kyrie Irving. You can get Dinwiddie. I've got Hayward in here. And then you can get a couple other mid-tier guys and not have to go all the way down uh, to, to one of the lower-priced guys. But that's how I like to approach these in general is get – a. Oh, so if you're listening to this, you probably heard a little disruption. Uh, we got a little a little call drop, Andrew. I don't know if it's something going on in New England uh, affecting both of us, but you were talking just now about you know the strategy behind maybe going with a player like Karis LeVert, who isn't the highest salary player in your captain spot. That way, uh, we can free up this utility for some more studs. And so continue. Uh, that was my fault on that interruption. So why don't you jump right back into that? Well, I don't think we can blame you for that, Mike. I think we can just blame the, <laughs> the internet or something. But <laughs> I'll take one for the team. I, I don't mind it. You know, I'll take one. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, just in general, I like to go with a mid-tier guy or a cheaper guy as the captain who can have a ceiling game. Um, a, it allows you to get more studs in your lineup. B, they're going to be lesser owned as captains. You know, a lot of folks. I think have the misconception that the best way to build a single game showdown lineup is to get the best player who's going to score the most points. And that certainly can work. But to me, it sort of depends on the slate and who else is on the team. So I think the best time to do something like that is if you have a guy like Giannis who might get 65 fantasy points himself. And if everybody else on the team is going to be sort of balanced. Like you see Milwaukee performances where you'll get, um, you know, Middleton Bledsoe in that 35 range, you get DiVincenzo and somebody else around 25 to 30. That's a perfect example where you want the stud, the best player as your captain, because his 65 points times one and a half is going to have you around a hundred points. And if everybody else on the slate, or at least on the bucks is more in that, 30, 30 point range, then you're going to miss out on that monster 1.5 X uh, return that you get on Giannis. So in those situations, I think it's smart. Um, and again, that's more for the, you know, NBA regular season when you're talking about 
guys' fantasy performances from the same game. But um, for a lot of other teams where you have multiple guys who can get a ceiling game, like look at the Celtics on this slate. Guys like Kemba, you know, um, certainly he's a good choice as captain because he could have a monster ceiling game. But, you know, Hayward has had some big games. Obviously, Tatum is an option. Jalen Brown's had some big ones. So, you know, on a team like that, you know, I'd much rather go with one of the cheaper stars who has the opportunity to get a ceiling game and then be able to fit more stubs, more studs into the lineup as a utility player. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. I think um, that's good information for a lot of the people who uh, aren't, you know, necessarily uh, GPP players, because that's the GPP mindset and approach right there. You're you're hunting for ceiling type performances and the floor performances. Like we said, we're not trying to mint cash here. We want that first. We want that top one percent type finish. And that seems like the right approach to kind of get us uh, on the right track, at least to get there. Yes, we're not necessarily going to know what Celtic player is going to have what ceiling games, but. We've seen plenty of ceiling games from Marcus Smart. We've seen plenty of ceiling games from Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward, um, while everybody else might be initially just thinking of Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. And, you know, one guy I wanted to bring up is a guy that definitely I think will fly under the radar, a guy that will definitely be a lower ownership is Enos Cantor. Um, we've yes. seen games from him. He's dirt cheap. Where is he at on your radar for today? Yeah, he's definitely in there. Um, and the problem with this simulation uh, type game on DraftKings is that it is a single entry contest. So you only get to make one lineup. And so that it actually adds a little element of fun to it and strategy. Um, because in the regular season, when you do an NBA single game uh, contest on DraftKings, they're usually multi-entry. And so you can, you know, build a bunch of different lineups and swap out two guys here for two guys there and, you know, you can make a you can enter a lineup where Lavert is your captain and then you can en- enter another lineup where a guy like Enos Cantor is your captain. And um, so both the regular season single game showdown slates and these simulation slates are fun for, for different reasons. But, yeah, he would be another guy where he's going to be very low owned as a captain. You mentioned that he has some ceiling games this year. And if you put him in as your captain in, instead of Levert, you're going to probably get even one more stud, um, you know, somewhere along that Gordon Hayward type price range that maybe you wouldn't otherwise fit um, if you went with Levert or somebody more expensive as your captain. Definitely. So I, I think I think do we do we have enough information to start building something here? Should we should we give this a shot? Should I try to? You know, because I, like I said, I'm pretty inexperienced with this. So you tell me how I'm doing. Okay, um, sure. I, I got Karis Levert. I like that wall. He's in my captain spot. But I I've, I also want to try to – I know we talked about these Celtics guys and not needing – I want Jason Tatum in here just because of the okay. amount of games. I feel like – you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have this information right directly in front of me. But I feel like uh, of all the Celtic players, he probably has the most 50-point-plus uh, games this season amongst them. Um, so I, I think I want to get some Jason Tatum. and. Okay. I know I, I know I've seen and I've been parts of plenty of 40 plus Spencer Dinwiddie games. And I feel like the, the floor is very safe with Dinwiddie as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the approach of I'm going with three nets in here. I want Karis LeVert as my captain, but I'm going to get Dinwiddie and Kyrie Irving in there as well. Uh, I feel like I could get 
you know, I've seen plenty of 30 to 40 and 50 point games from all three of these guys. And you're telling me that we can get them all in the same lineup with that top ceiling performance. I have some interest in there. Do you think that's a decent approach? I do like that. Um, it's, it's a slightly different build than what I went with. I didn't go with Tatum. I decided to, to fade him. He certainly, he probably has, I haven't counted. He probably has the most ceiling games for the Celtics. Uh, you know, Kemba is up there as well, but for my build, I decided to fade him as, um, you know, a way to get a little bit different. But so far, I like this. Um, you've got Levert, and then you've got the other two studs for Brooklyn, Kyrie and Dinwiddie. You've got Tatum, who's got uh, great ceiling potential. He's also pretty steady. So even if you don't get a 50 game, you're very likely to get a 40 game. I'll so, get that. What was that? That one for 17 shooting performance? I might get that one. Right. I mean, yeah, these these guys all have floor games. And so um, – you know, it's important you mentioned that earlier. I mean, you're looking at Levert as your captain. Going back to the game logs, he had a 14. So again, if he, if he if he gets that game as your captain, you're probably not going to cash. But again, that's fine in this setting here. We're going we're swinging for the fences. So um, I, I like the fact that you're going for these three other guys who can get you, you know, very easily a 40 or a 50 each. So now, who are you looking at for your final two spots? So, well, you mentioned Kemba Walker, and I, the reason why I didn't want to touch Kemba Walker is just because I, I, you know, there's been so many games this season where he's been playing, but he's been battling knee soreness and things like that. So we were seeing so many games where, yes, he's in there and he's scoring points, but he's only playing 28 minutes, 29 minutes, kind of taking a little bit of a backseat to these other guys. So that's kind of my my reasoning on not really wanting to play too much Kemba. Um, I went with Marcus Smart as one of my other options simply because there's been plenty of games where we had at least – one of these main key Celtics players out of the rotation or out of the game, whether it was, you know, uh, Jason Tatum's ankle, it was Kemba's knee, Jalen Brown's knee and his ankles, both of them. Um, Marcus Smart has had plenty of opportunity to kind of step up for somebody at some point during the season. And we've seen elevated games from him. So I went with Marcus Smart as one of my other options. And that leaves me with 5K left for my utility. So now I'm sitting here, I'm looking at DeAndre Jordan. I'm looking at Enos Canner. We talked about both of them. I think I want to try to go with the lower-owned canner. And it's like you said, we're swinging for the fences because I know DeAndre Jordan's floor is probably a little bit safer. So um, I'm going to go with canner. So I'm going to end up up finishing my lineup. I'm going to have Karis LeVert as my captain. I'm going to have Jason Tatum, Spencer Dinwiddie, Marcus Smart, Kyrie Irving, and Enes Cantor. That's my lineup, and I think I'm going to I'm going to hit enter right now. I'm going to submit this bad boy. I like that, that, baby. I like it. You know what? I that you you bring up a really good point there at the end, and and I want to go through this for the listeners. When you're in these showdown slates in general, you're going to get a lot of the same builds and you're going to tie for first. If let's say you went with Jordan, okay, because he's the guy that you could afford. He fits in there at 5,000, rounds out your roster. You have no money left. If you build that sort of a team, then it's to me, it's geared more towards making sure that you cash. But if it wins, it's not going to be a unique lineup. Somebody else will play that lineup. So um, if you're if you want to differentiate yourself, the first thing you want to do in these showdown slates is leave money on the table. And if you if you play them enough and you follow the leaderboards, you're going to see it every single time. You're going to see if if you had DeAndre Jordan in your lineup and it started off well, and early on in the contest you were in the top 500, then go into the standings and look at how look at how many other teams have that same team. I bet you that it's going to be a hundred or more 
teams are the exact same as what you just described. But if you have Cantor as your fifth guy, I bet it's going to be 10 or less who have that same lineup. And so then if you actually win, you're going to get a much bigger prize. That's it, buddy. That's uh, and that's a good, very good explanation of it. And we always talk about, you know, leaving some money on the table is always a good thing. You know, once you start to get to a certain point where it's like 800 or 1,000, maybe you start to think about it, but it's a completely different story on these showdown slates. We need to differentiate ourselves. And that was uh, the exact reasoning on why I went with Kander. Um, you know, if I at the end of the day, if I get 11 out of him, um, odds are I'm not going to cash. But if, if I get 20 out of Jordan, I'll probably be in the same spot. I'm probably not going to cash. So I'm going to go for the ceiling. I've, I know I've seen a couple 50-point games out of Jordan this season as well. Uh, but so is everybody else. So give me, give me the lower owned Enos Cantor to round out my lineup. I, I, I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm hyping myself up right now, man. I think I'm going to do pretty well with this one. <laughs> I like this. I like it. I, I mean, I, I think you have a, a great shot of cashing at least. And, you know, you, you also touched on one other point in there that I want to follow up on and reiterate, which is you, you talked about how a lot of these guys had some ceiling games when other guys on their team were out injured, right? Yes. And that is what you really want to look for in these simulation games, because guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, he's priced here today at 8,400 on DraftKings. Um, Levert, obviously the same boat down at 64. We know that those guys have had monster games with Kyrie Irving out. And then if you if you know that you have a lot of a lot of monster games where they're well above their season average in fantasy points, but they're not priced like Kyrie Irving is injured because we know that a lot of those games during the regular season, if Kyrie Irving was out, Levert and Dinwiddie would be priced higher. So this price here is based on their average season overall. And so you want to target guys like Dinwiddie and Levert who have had a lot of games where they've far exceeded their season average because Kyrie Irving was out. And it's the exact same thing on the Celtics side. You, you know, we love, you know, guys like Hayward and Smart here because in all those games when Kemba and Tatum were out, they had much better games. So, again, for, you know, tournament play and these simulations, you you actually want guys with more volatility. You don't want guys who every single night they give you 30 to 32 fantasy points. You'd rather have a guy who gives you five nights at 50 and five nights at 10. Because if you put all the guys together who get their ceiling games of 50, that will actually give you a chance to win one of these things. So from from what you're saying, then, and when I'm looking at guys like on the nets, like these ancillary, I played all the big names. I played the Vert, Dinwiddie, and Kyrie. So for the people that are looking at some of these ancillary places, pieces, like your Joe Harris's, your Garrett Temples, your Torian Prince, so you'd be shying away from a guy like necessarily like Joe Harris, who's just a bang in 20 to 25 every night, exactly. and maybe gravitate more towards a guy like Torian Prince, who we've seen a couple of those, maybe it's only been two or three 40-point games, but we've seen a couple of them. Uh, but we also know that he's very, very well in store for an 11 or a 16 or an 18. Um, so if you're looking at those ancillary guys, that's kind of why I went with Canner as opposed to a guy like Daniel Tice, who I could have played because Tice has had plenty of nice and steady games, especially once we saw some of those bigs get injured. Uh, but I haven't seen too many of those 55 or 50 point games out of him ever. Exactly. Perfectly said. Joe Harris is the one guy on this slate who jumped out at me like, are you kidding me? I'm not going to pay 7,600 for Joe Harris to give me 25 fantasy points. He just doesn't have the ceiling games that you need. 
in that price range. I would never put him in a lineup in this type of contest. And then same thing with the bigs. You're exactly right with Tice. I mean, he's had a lot more games than Cantor in that 30-point range. But he's you, you, you just put him in the category of Daniel Tice is a cash game option. He's not a tournament option. He doesn't have that monster ceiling game like Cantor. And again, it's it's a very, very small percentage chance that you're going to get a big game out of Cantor. And there's a, a good chance you're going to get one of his duds. But, you know, we're not trying to build a lineup here that's going to min cash. What do we have to lose? It's a zero dollar entry. Yeah, know? exactly. Go, go for it. <laughs> go for uh, it. You know, if you're if you're sitting there on the court, your buddy, and he says, uh, you know, I'll give you five bucks if you make this half court shot, uh, and you don't have to bet anything. What are you? You're going to shoot it. You right. know what I mean? You're going right. to you're going to shoot that shot. So, uh, I, I'm I'm on the same approach as you. Uh, I think it's always great when we have two of us on a podcast, where we're both very turn, tournament oriented players, and this is exactly what it is. This is right up our wheelhouse. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I had a great time on this show today. You kind of opened up my eyes and now I feel like I can go out there and I can build, uh, and construct a lineup that actually has a chance. You know, you can feel good about your lineup, but did, do you feel good about it having a chance at winning first? That's the most important thing. And I feel like I have one of those lineups right here, right now. So, uh, for all those listening, uh, unfortunately you might not be able to get the play of this lineup because it looks like our podcast is going to come out a little bit after, uh, the lineups lock. So you'll know, you'll know how I'm doing. I'm not changing it. Cause I know you can't steal it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so again, um, you may not be able to use this, uh, strategy for this slate in particular, but as long as we go forward in this period of time where they're running these simulation contests, um, you know, use this strategy, build a lineup where you're swinging for the fences and see what happens. And, and oh, by the way, now DraftKings is starting to do these Madden simulations, um, which is a whole new uh, can of worms. And that's that is a different strategy. That's when they're actually simulating a game on a computer. They're not taking game logs from earlier in the season and assigning one to you. So if you see a Madden simulation for NBA in the near future, don't use this strategy for that. But any other simulation where they're using these same ground rules that we're talking about here today, try this strategy, give it a whirl, uh, go with a mid-tier captain, leave some money on the table, and maybe, just maybe, if everybody hits, you'll have a unique lineup and you'll take down that top prize. All right, buddy. Well, that's all we have for you guys, but we're going to be doing some more shows like this. We're going to be getting me and Andrew together trying to build some simulation lineups. I know that there's a lot of people out there that are playing these games and, uh, you know, kind of wondering how you do it and where the information is. And listen, um, we always preach and, and tell you guys that you can never do enough research. And these are the kinds of situations where research gives you the edge. You know, in regular basketball games, you go out there, some guys just there's more narratives involved. There's no narratives involved with this. This is this is the research. There's no coach speak. There's nothing to there's nothing to sort through as far as that. This is hard nosed number stuff that a lot of people can do. So uh, I was glad that we were able to do this, man. Um, I'm looking forward to the the rest of them we can do. Uh, as always, guys, if you have a minute, if you have a moment, please give us a follow. You can find me at Micah Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Andrew Hansen at Language Olympic, L-A-N-G-U-A-G-E-O-L-Y-M-P-I-C. 
Uh, and you know, we'll be here. We'll be, we'll be pounding the pavement during this little break, man. Uh, we're still going to be grinding. So it doesn't stop the rates and reviews. So we do still appreciate that. Um, you know, that, uh, every little bit matters to us. So any thumbs up, any like, any comment we take very seriously. We like to the constructive criticism as well. And I just want to give a big shout out to all the people that do constructively criticize us. We appreciate the manner you guys do it in, because when we read those and we see it's coming from a place of love, uh, we want to sit there and try to get ourselves better. And we really take into account of it. So, uh, anything else you want to say before we, uh, take off out of here? Oh yeah. I had a great time with you here, Mike. And certainly got to give a plug to our buddy, Dan Bespris, who is a, a father again during yes. this break. So we're, we're all congratulating here, Dan, and sending our best and uh, hoping these early days that are very challenging are, are going all right for you. Absolutely. Dan's a great guy, and I'm glad you brought that up. Little Theodore has been brought into this world. So uh, Dan, now father of two boys, he's uh, on his way to making his small uh, AAU team, um, you know, <laughs> so uh very very proud of proud of you of what they got going on over there it's a great family dan's a great guy i I shouted him out on twitter one of the best husbands fathers and friends i've known and met in this industry so uh congratulations to you guys and wow i it makes it makes me get baby fever man i'm 28 and i'm thinking about it so uh (laughs) i'm getting there i'm getting there i got some time excellent all right guys well that's all we have for you we'll be back uh with another nice little random episode i think um hopefully we could probably try to get something a little bit more concrete going uh for these simulation games but as always any questions you can hit andrew up for any of your simulation questions he's happy to answer them that's all we have for you we'll be back take care guys stay safe and use your purell if you have any This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.